Welcome back to Sweet Home PCB, all about the panhandle. Henry Brigman, Keller Williams Success Realty, and Beach 95.1 coming together to give you this podcast to let you know what's going on here around the panhandle. Today, we have somebody very special, a good friend of mine by the name of Brian Hamaker. He is the president of 2020 Mortgage with an office here in Panama City. Tell us a little bit more about the mortgage industry and some things that you need to know, including some myths about the mortgage industry. But first off, let's start off with Brian and tell us a little bit about your company. Well, we started off in Huntsville, Alabama in 2006. Um, I'd left Citibank where I was a managing director uh, for many years. I've been with them like 24 years when I left. And when I opened up the company, we were <laughs> two thirds of the mortgage companies in Alabama had gone out of business. And uh, I always said our company would be one based on superior talent and we would grow as we found spectacular people and that we would look after every client like it was our best friend's kid. And we would add people and products and do things the right way, not get in a hurry. Uh, fast forward, we are in Alabama, Tennessee and Florida. We looking at some additional states. In Florida and Tennessee, our brand is 2020 Mortgage. Uh, in Alabama, we're still North Alabama Mortgage, but our multi-state that doesn't really, really go well. But in Florida, so we're we have an office in Central Florida, one in Panama City, one in Nashville, and um, we just have the greatest processing support team that exists in the mortgage business. I've done mortgages one way or another for forty years, and uh, I've never been around a group of professionals where we really don't have a weak person. They're spectacular. So we're all about the customer speed trying to make sure that we look after everybody like it's our kid or our neighbor's kid getting the first first house or the seasoned person, you know, buying that investment property or whatever. We've got the experience. We have hundreds of years of experience, and we can help in just about any case. I know right now, of course, everybody's confused with mortgage rates and what happens when the Fed goes up and the mortgage goes wherever. Do you have anything, any advice for some of these buyers right now uh, to maybe understand the process a little better? Yeah. So in terms of rates, we are seeing some indications that we are either getting close to the ceiling. Uh, the, the indicators out the last few weeks, we're not thinking we're going to shoot up to a 7% range or anything. Rates briefly got over 6%. We're still doing some in the fours now. So they've settled back down. It's getting pretty consistent. We've got a little bit of yo-yoing, but nothing crazy. I would just remind everybody, my first mortgage was at 16% in 1981. So, you know, 4%, 5% still seems very low to me. It's not in the twos and threes that we had before. We may never see that again, but it's still extremely affordable. A person buying a $350,000 house can get a payment that is well below what the average rent is for a two-bedroom apartment. And it's just like anything else. I know especially down there where we both live, you know, how many times have you said, I wish I bought that property 10 years ago or five years ago, that type of thing. And you look at the prices, they are not going the other way. You'll always have little hiccups and little small adjustments, but property values are going up. And when you compare our community to what's happened in other community that has similar appeal, similar types of location, the whole area is still undervalued. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's undervalued. And I know that sounds crazy. So if you're trying to get into a house for the first time, you desperately need to move as fast as possible and get and kind of get in line, get, you know, get yourself qualified to do it because it's only going to get harder later. And, and that's a big thing right now is I'm noticing that if the buyer goes ahead and goes, you know, instead of just a little pre-qual letter at first, goes to the pre-approval, it seems that they're moving a little bit faster. Yeah. Now we don't do pre-quals. We do all pre-approvals mm-hmm. uh, on every loan that we do. We have a system that we do it. It's, it, it, we won't get into all that, but we have a system that we do. It's, you know, very, very fast. We get a complete Fannie Mae, you know, initial underwrite. We request all the documents up front, get all of that stuff done. Because if you're walking in with a prequal, honestly, that's just a credit score screen. It's not hardly worth the paper it's written on. It's just a general, yeah, if all this stuff is correct, you can get a loan. All this stuff needs to be verified right now. And one of the other things we, a lot of our agents we work with have been having us do is we actually reach out to the listing agents and let them know, Hey, you're going to be a pre-approval from us. Uh, Everything's been verified on this customer. All the income assets have been verified. It's been run through Fannie Mae. They're completely approved. In fact, the only thing we'll be waiting on is appraisal title work and the homeowner's insurance they select. And that, and that makes a difference. We're helping a lot of people win offers doing that. And, as you know, if somebody comes to you and they're not qualified yet, the first thing you have to do is get them qualified because many people, and it really doesn't matter, you know, stuff that I do hundreds of times a month, most people do it four or five times in their lifetime and they just are unaware, you know, of the correct order of things. And, and basically you've got to be diagnosed you know, with what fits best for you, what you can afford. And we have a lot of, you know, would-be investors or second home buyers that literally don't know how easy it is to buy that investment home or second home. They they see their self as less than what qualifying than they are, and it's easier for them to do it than they think a lot of times. And on the other end, we have a lot of first-time home buyers that don't understand, you know, where you have to get yourself prepared. Uh, that's more prevalent. We have a lot of people that we, you know, we're like, man, I wish you'd come see us just a little bit before you started looking because I could have done this, that, and the other and helped you. So, you know, we might have a first time home buyer that's just short of qualifying, but we can help them improve their credit score, which we don't charge for. There's no reason to go to a credit repair people. You know, we know how to fix it and help them for free. And we will, we have, we have a customer we closed last month. We've been working with for 18 months. So, you know, just getting all of that stuff done and having somebody that knows what they're doing help you make, will make all the difference in the world. I think that's one of the things that people, they get all built up in fear and not knowing, you know, the fear of the unknown, the fear of I'm going to give up all my personal information. And that's really not the problem. The problem is just not asking for help and getting it done. Uh, Because if you're able to, do this and again, do it free. And it's just, I don't know, just for some reason, people just want to get all fearful about it or they just want to skip a bunch of steps. And of course, in this day and time and the real estate market, you can't just wing it. And that's what a lot of people have been doing is they've been able to just wing it. They just go do the little, little pre-qualify letter that, does, like you said, doesn't mean anything. I mean, it really doesn't just check at the credit store. And that's not the same 
as going to Credit Karma or some of these other places online, now is it? No, it's not. And, you know, what we see, my, my grandfather used to say all the time, 15 minutes for the right person can save you years of misery. And that doesn't matter if it's somebody that you're getting qualified or learning how to do something correct before you mess it up. It, it means a lot. And finding the right person, when you go online and you try to get credit, you know, you go to any of the companies that are online trying to help you fix your credit or get you qualified. I mean, who are you talking to really? Okay. You never know. You can walk in to one of our offices. We can come see you and get on the phone. You talk directly to a person that's got your best interest at heart. It's kind of like, you know, we'll have people that are putting their houses up for sale. And I'm like, okay, which realtor are you using? And they're like, well, we're not going to use a realtor. We know it'll sell quick. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I've done this for a long, long time. I wouldn't put my doghouse on the market without having a real estate agent do it. I don't do it every day. I only do so many, you know, transactions in my life like that. I've been involved in mortgages, real estate, probably looked at 30,000 appraisals in my career. And you need the person that's an expert. I don't close the loans, do the title searches, just like I don't sell or buy the real estate. It's the same thing, you know, and, and it's just important that you have proper representation, both from the real estate company and from the mortgage company. And you really have to think who represents who, you know, who's looking out for you. And the bigger the company gets, the less likely it is that they're really looking after you as an individual. You know, we're a mid-sized company that, uh, you know, we're one of the big regional players, but we're a mid-sized company. I'm the only owner. We don't have stock owners. Just look after people and try to put them in a situation where we can do it. It makes all the difference in the world, just like in your business. Yeah, and that's true. It, It really is very parallel. Because if you're not working for that individual's best interest, what are you doing? And a lot of times people are getting, it goes back to fear, goes back to not being educated in this one fact, is that we work for you, uh, is in your best interest, and, you know, I don't get paid until it closes. You know, it, it, I could show you 100 houses, but... Until you buy the right one, and it needs to be the right one, uh, I don't get paid. You know, that's that's simple. Right, and you know, it can be frustrating. It can be very frustrating, especially on a first-time home buyer, that they don't understand the steps. And when everything is done right, you know, I want you to think about the you know a client you've maybe done an FHA loan for, if they they might have been just on the cusp of being able to get a conventional loan had somebody helped them and looked after them, mm-hmm. but they did it the way they qualified that second. I mean, we've had a couple of people this week that were pre-approved other lenders of FHA loans. The realtor that talked to them, had referred them back to us and said, see if you can do something better. We were able to put every one of them in a conventional loan, meaning they don't have life loan mortgage insurance, you know, and all the things that go with FHA. You know, I'm not saying FHA is not a good tool to get your first house, but you only use it if you have to. There are better loans out there. And it's kind of like some of the first-time homebuyer plans. Some of them can be good, but you only use them if you have to because there's a catch to any free money. There's a catch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not – and we have a lot of people that market those programs, but that's the worst thing in the world to do. That should be the last kind of the desperate act 
if that's the only way you can get a house, that shouldn't be the first thing you look for because you get a first mortgage, you get a second mortgage, your house is tied up with a, you know, a period of time before you can sell it, not have to pay the money back. So, you know, those type of programs, we've actually seen them hurt a lot of people over the years. They're appropriate for some people and can be used in certain instances, but not always, you know, not always. And somebody has got to do that with the client's interest in mind, not what their self-serving interest is as a, you know, real estate agent or a mortgage guy, you know, it, it just. I know there was a uh, recently great example. Uh, there was one for educators is this particular program, uh, but you had to be a certified teacher, but most of the audience were the support that weren't covered. Right. That that's one of the things it's, it's all about educating the public but it's also making sure that you don't bring somebody in and get their hopes shattered and not find something that can help them. You know, there is no free lunch. If there's a special program out there that gets you qualified. So if you or I go get a mortgage, we're buying a primary residence, we're going to get a conventional loan, fixed rate, 30 years, no gimmicks, best rate we can get. That's what we're going to go get. If any of those other products were better, we would go get those. So the easiest way that I tell people is, you know, these are your choices. This is what you've got to do. This is what I would do. This is what I'd put my kids and coworkers and friends in. This is what we're trying to put you in. And they'll sometimes ask for certain, you know, programs and they'll ask about it. Yes, they're out there, but you don't need it. A lot of times we have people that are asking for specialized programs that have risk and cost associated with, and they actually qualify for a normal conventional loan or can very easily. And, but they picked up on the bells and whistles of the deal and it sounded good. And there's a lot of misinformation on the internet, as you're well aware, yes. you know, we all compete with it and go back and forth all the time. And I would, you know, it's just very, very important that whether you're buying a house for the first time in 20 years or you're buying your first house that, you talk to experts that have your best interest at heart. Yeah, Brian, some of the easiest things that you can do is, is actually instead of trying to go see a hundred houses or to, I got to see this one house, actually just have that conversation, have that little, you know, 15 minute conversation. I'll meet you at the, at the coffee shop. I'll, you can come by here at the office. Uh, a lot of people come by here just because they want to see how this studio is set up. It's just, right, you know, because we just have fun. And, of course, I've got, you know, refreshments and all that here. But, uh, you know, the poor radio guy has to has to show off the studio, you know. But uh, I tell you, there's so many people that don't understand that that one simple 15-minute conversation with both your real estate agent and your mortgage broker means a whole lot. It can, it, it'll be the difference, you know, night and day when it comes to finding the right home, not wasting your time on the wrong places. And even the type of home, you know, you might find out that uh, you need to have something now in the state of Florida. We're having to think about insurance. We're having to think about making sure these roofs aren't over 15 years old. Uh, yeah, you can exactly. get a little thing to to uh, get it insured if it has three or five more years left or whatever, but it's going to be an, an arm and a leg 
I mean, do you really want to spend $4,000 a year on a $150,000 townhome uh, for homeowner's insurance because you have a 15-year roof and you're wanting to sit there, well, I put that on there, it's a 30-year roof. No, that doesn't work anymore. Not in the state of Florida. Yeah, same thing with the flood changes that are coming up, you know, that we're dealing with in every state that are out there. And flood's another thing uh, you don't really think about. With Hurricane Michael, of course, it's changed the whole of everything here in the panhandle uh, and further on up into Alabama and Georgia as well. Uh, We've had situations where you're not in a flood zone, good, strong, heavy rain or tropical storm comes by, you're getting flooded. So you have to really be prepared for both sides. So from a mortgage standpoint, what is it that when they buy, the buyer should know and give you to get started properly? Well, you know, like we will run a, just on the flood one more time. We do a flood cert on every property. Those are run, determine where they are, whether it's required or not required under the new rules. But, you know, so in Florida especially, your homeowner's insurance, your flood or no flood, and your property tax status can have a huge impact on your escrow account, which can be a significant portion of your payment and be the difference in why you may qualify for this $250,000 house, but not that $250,000 house. So, you know, as you know, you'll have one that's not in, it's in an area that's going to have high homeowners or high flood or something like that. And you'll have another one that, that, they may be equal and they may prefer one location, but do they prefer it for $250 a month more just because of what the situation was? So all of that stuff has to be considered, you know, and if you're buying in, in Panama city, we both know there are going to be a lot of houses hit the market in town as these neighborhoods make themselves open. You know, as the houses are replaced, there's already some of them being torn down, new houses being built. We've dealt with that in multiple cities, and it will happen so fast. Once it picks up a little momentum and you get three or four houses on the street that will be redone, you know, it, they'll come in and that it, it'd be a, it'll, it goes down like dominoes. So just based on the number of houses in the area, people doing that, you got to be aware of these things because if you move into a certain area that looks like it's real affordable, this street, this little neighborhood may look affordable, but you may have to move to a slightly different area to fit within your budget. And all of that stuff is our job for the clients. It's, it's a riddle that most of them will never figure out just because there's not a lot of local knowledge there to do it. That's one of the things that I learned uh, early on in my career as well as uh, just uh, in real life, I guess you can say, uh, the differences in those neighborhoods, similar house, and just because of those taxes or insurance makes a big difference. People don't think about that. They don't think about the escrow payment. Now, uh, really, for the layman, what really is the escrow? Was it for? Well, it's your taxes, homeowners insurance, any mortgage insurance, if you're putting less than 80%, I mean, 20% down, and any flood insurance. 
your your if you have an association dues for a homeowners association or a condo or something, that's not included in your escrow. But your escrow is everything that has to be paid to keep your mortgage, you know, within the guidelines of the contract. So your homeowners association, I mean, your homeowners insurance, your taxes, and any mortgage insurance. Uh, flood would be another insurance that would generally be escrowed. Now, you are not required to escrow. You know, I would say that 50% of our clients, usually clients that are more well-established, got more reserves in the bank, don't escrow. Uh, we have found, this is a just kind of an off-topic note, but people that don't escrow pay less for homeowner's insurance than people that do escrow. And the reason for that is that you're looking at the policy, you're pricing the policy, and your, your mortgage company's not just automatically paying. So if it was me and I had, you know, I had reasonable reserves in Florida, I'd be paying my own insurance if it was allowed by the mortgage company, which in most cases it is, so that I'm the one getting the bill, I'm the one looking at it, so I know when to negotiate. By the time the mortgage company has already paid your policy, it's really too late, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you might go out there and search again, but you're up for another year, and that's why we found that, uh, that it doesn't matter which city, which town, if you don't escrow, you pay less for homeowner's insurance than the other, and it's nothing more than a behavioral situation. Wow. Yeah, and, and it's really important also, as soon as you get under contract, you start looking for that insurance, if not before. You know, if you yes. already have an insurance agent and you're already working with that individual, uh, have the conversation with them just like you would with us. You know, with the type of home, with what type of thing. I'm thinking about this particular home. You can do that st same thing with a car. If you're looking to buy a car, call your your uh, auto insurance agent. Make sure they understand the vehicle, and they can look it up and figure out how much you're going to be spending and how much you know it could help you with your budget. But people don't really think about that. Yes, and on the first time home buyers, especially or somebody moving into Florida for the first time, the insurance company they had in Nashville or the insurance company that insured their car may not be a company that can get them decent insurance coverage in the state of Florida. So you really need to rely on your agent, your mortgage person, give you two or three referrals so that you can shop it. I mean, we don't direct anybody anywhere, but we try to stay abreast of it, know who gets the best you know, prices just like you do. So we can be a really good resource to give them a good place to start if they don't know. Uh, we have a lot of folks, especially that are moving in from out of state, that are just shocked that they can't keep the coverage that they've had for years with, you know, John Smith, their agent for 25 years when they moved to Florida, mm -hmm. or a new homeowner, new homeowner in Florida that realizes their homeowner's insurance if they buy this particular house is going to be $250 a month. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're just, they're not aware of it. So. We can help out with that quite a bit, as you do. Speak with Brian with 2020 Mortgage, and I tell you, one of my favorite things about dealing with uh, mortgage people is the fact that you know something I know only enough from a layman standpoint, all because how to get really involved in the mortgage and what to really watch for when getting into a mortgage. Uh, are there any sort of myths that about getting a mortgage you want to get rid of today? Uh, well, sure. So a lot of people, depending on the product, so a company like ours, a mid-sized broker, 
can be the best or the worst person to deal with. Okay. Usually banks are kind of banks and credit unions are somewhere in the middle. In our areas, we have companies like Navy Federal Credit Union, Redstone Federal Credit Union, which are two the two top rated credit unions in the nation. And you know, our rates generally beat their rates all the time as they do the local banks. So someone like me can go out and shop that program with different investors. We deal, you know, we're large clients with a lot of the investors we deal with, and those are the people that service the loans. So you can always generally get a better deal through a broker than you ever could to a direct lender. Now we're a direct lender too, but most of the loans that we do are brokered so that we can get the best deal except for certain products. And that's the first thing. A lot of people think, well, they got to go to the bank or they need to go here. And depending on the size of that mortgage company and how much profit margin they're charging, you know, brokers are better. Uh, you may even see that if you look it up online, but in general, that's the case. We provide the lowest cost mortgages, you know, to the general population nationwide. Second thing is that everybody's a little bit different out there. So if you talk to somebody and you don't get a good feeling, it, walk away, go, go talk to somebody else. You know, somebody may be hearing this for the first time. There's talking to someone, they just don't get comfortable with the situation or it's hard to get information out. Uh, a good mortgage broker is going to literally hold your hand through the process. You're never going to be wondering what's going on. They're going to tell you exactly what you need to qualify. They're going to tell you exactly what documents you need to provide. All of that should happen in like 24 hours. And then they're going to get you underwritten and approved extremely quickly. So that it takes the stress off of it. Right now, we, I mean, typically we'll average about 24 hours from the time we start to submit a loan and another 24 hours, the loan's underwritten. And we can tell the agents and the customer involved, hey, you're approved. We're waiting on title appraisal, whatever we're waiting on. This is what happens. This is what that means. So, and when you take a bank approach, a lot of times that takes weeks, that that it's a longer period of time. And the one thing that I know, and I've been involved in this a long time, I've been involved in tens of thousands of mortgage transactions, is anxiety when you're buying a house and the stress level is, is truly one of the most stressful things people will do. One of the things we talk about every week is eliminate the stress. Let's get the qualifying done, get the approval done, and let them know, okay, everything's going to be okay. We're just waiting on things. But it takes it off of the agents as well. You know, that you know that, okay, this is going to close on time. We're going to get everything done. That is super important. And that's why, you know, I would caution anybody that tries to get a loan over the internet, which there are people that do that. I would say that's the number one mistake people make in mortgages in general. Number one, it's usually never the best rate or price. Number two, good luck having any communication that makes any sense at all. You know, those are things that come out there and there are no, when it comes to pricing, there are no hard facts. Like there's like two years ago, 99% of all the loans we made would have no points on them whatsoever because it just wasn't beneficial to pay a point right now. It, on most loans, it's beneficial to pay, a, you know, three-eighths of a point, maybe three-quarters of a point, because you're getting, you know, three-eighths to a half a percent lower rate if you do that. So you recover your money in less than two years and everything's great. But, you know, that could change literally overnight to where it doesn't make sense anymore. 
So you've got to have someone that's on the edge that understands what it means to you. And do you have the extra money to make that happen? Right. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, I know a lot of uh, sellers are now thinking about doing credits toward buying a, a point. Is that something you would recommend to sellers? Well, a seller would benefit more paying some closing cost, okay? Mm-hmm. And one thing everybody needs to understand, closing cost doesn't include everything. Closing cost is like your appraisal, your title work, your recording fees. Closing cost goes along with prepaids, which would be your first-year homeowner's insurance and your escrow deposit and any odd days worth of interest. Closing costs plus prepaids equal total settlement charges. So we caution agents all the time, if you've got a seller that's going to give credit, give $3,000 in credit, let's say, to total settlement charges. Because with like us, somebody gives $5,000 to closing costs, there won't even be $5,000 in closing costs. So the buyer may wind up using that to buy a point to buy the rate down where the seller's intent was to help them, you know, have less money coming out of pocket to help them deal with closing costs, whether they're going to share it or not. You know, typically it's been a shared thing. And then it came to where a market where the seller paid the closing cost. And now we're into a market where the buyer pays most of the closing cost. And it'll, it'll jog back and forth just, depending on if the advantage is in the seller side or the buyer side at any given time. But it's for you guys, it's a super important negotiating tool and what makes sense for the particular customer. Like I may tell you, Mr. and Ms. Smith are approved for 250,000. They have enough down payment for 250, but they're going to need the seller to help them with closing costs up to $3,500. That's important for you to know. Now, if they can't, they can only buy 200. You know, you should be getting that kind of feedback so that there's no surprises at the end when you're negotiating. That's why it's so important to get pre-approved before an offer is ever considered. Because if you don't know that information, there's no way for you to know what else they can do. And it works on the higher end, too, someone buying a second home or an investment property, knowing exactly what they've got to bring. You know, someone from Nashville or Huntsville or Atlanta is going to have a completely different perspective on how much closing cost would be versus what it's going to be if they buy down on 38, right? Oh, yeah. And, so, and, and people don't understand uh, doc stamps and all that. You know, it's, they don't, right. why, do, why do I have to pay for this? Why am I paying for that? And, and it's real hard. We're going to, we're going to talk about that uh, definitely more in, in detail with our title folks. But it, it can be probably one of the most confusing parts is that closing? I didn't know we were going to spend this much money. And it doesn't matter how many estimates you give them. It can be different. Yeah, you know, we try to do a really good job of explaining the cost up front so they know what they're paying and know what it goes to. You know, there are certain things that, there's, you know, we have zero negotiables on any of our fees. So whatever's there, we have to charge, you know, whether it's credit or title, it's the things you have to have, your reporting charges. And it's important for them to know what the money goes for and what it's for. Not that it's just $6,000, but this is what this did for you. Established a value, you paid your tax on the sale and recording of the house. You bought an insurance policy that ensured that your title 
is clear on the house and nobody can come back and file liens and have a lien on your property, which again, your title folks are better at that, but it's, it's important that they know because if they don't know and they just see a $6,000 charge, they may think you or I, we're, we're not getting the $6,000, right? It's going, it's going to the folks that are doing the, the things that, that are required. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ryan, what's the difference between an appraisal and a home inspection? The new buyer does not know the difference between an inspection and an appraisal. Uh, so an inspection, of course, is when generally that referral is coming from a realtor, find them somebody to inspe- help them inspect the house. They don't know somebody already. And they're going to go in there and check all the mechanical systems. And they're going to check, you know, to make sure everything's working and that there's no rotted wood on the house and the roof and water damage in the crawl space. If it's got one, they're going to check on the quality of the house you're purchasing and anything major that's wrong with the house that you may have to deal with in the short term or long term. An appraisal literally just establishes the value of a piece of property based on the market value. What similar homes have sold for that are in similar conditions, similar size, similar neighborhood, you know, what that market value. Now the appraiser does have a couple other duties and he's going to make sure that the house is free of any physical or environmental hazards. There's not a staircase that's broken or a step that's cracked that somebody could get hurt physically, or there's not mold in the house that's visible or water damage that could create mold or, you know, um, uh, presence of any type of pest in the house or anything like that. It would be more environmental hazards. That's really all they're going to check for. You know, so it's important. You, you've got generally have to have an appraisal unless you get a waiver. But very, you know, the, ins, the inspections are critical. I would say on all houses today. Uh, sometimes the decisions made not to get one. I won't get into that. But I do think they're one of the most important things that you can do, especially in an area with a history of storm damage. Absolutely. That's one of the things that uh, I always recommend is a home inspection. Uh, I even throw in a one-year standard home warranty just for peace of mind. You know, whether you're buying or selling, it's just my personal preference. And that's just what I believe that just for that little peace of mind, it may not help with everything that may pop up. And there may be some other things because you do have a, a little fee that goes along with it. Yeah, it's the largest purchase of your life. I mean, to give a little bit of insurance against that, of something you didn't find out or didn't know. Uh, we have a few agents that do that. I wish they all did because it's a great gesture. And it's like, you know, I really try to represent you on everything, but I can't know everything. I can't see inside the walls and, and some different things like that. And there are people, there's sellers out there. Let's just face it. I mean, I had a customer within the last three months that there was mold found in the house, we sent, um, you know, told them to send a a specific inspector out there to look at it. We get out there and everything had been repaired. Well, it had been closed up and sealed off, but it hadn't been repaired, Mm -hmm. right? So they had to bring it all down. The mold was still behind the walls, et cetera. So, you know, and I don't think, the guy, I just don't think he understood what was required because the homeowner did it, trying to fix it. But that's why you have to have experts to protect you. Sellingthepanhandle.com is where you can find a home. Get a free home value and contact me, Henry Brickman, at Keller Williams Success Realty. Visit sellingthepanhandle.com to get started. 
at sellingthepanhandle.com. I know in between Huntsville and uh, and the Panhandle, you you stay busy uh, with with your yeah. Company. We uh, I tell everybody we've closed loans from Pensacola to Key West and from uh, Memphis to Knoxville and from Huntsville to Mobile. We've we so what we try to do is concentrate on certain areas and certain states where we establish relationships, right? We, we don't necessarily go into one market and go, okay, we want an office here because we're looking, we work with agents that think like we think it's the client above all else. And it works really good for everybody involved, especially the client. So when we establish a relationship in certain places, we have agents that do six deals a year. and We have agents that do 160 deals a year. And we want to be there for those agents wherever they are. And we try to you know, be in as many markets as we can. We don't go after just the high end uh, type of loans. Just like you, the bigger sales are always nice, but we want to really affect the community that we work in in positive way and help people buy houses. So, you know, I would I would say this, anybody listening out there, you got a community group, anything, you got a group of people that know want to know from preparation standpoint what to do to buy a house, we are always available to come out there and talk. We've talked to colleges, community groups, churches, you name it, we've done it to try to get some information out there. And during those meetings, we will always talk to you about any type of just oddball financial situations you have. We, we've seen it all. We can help with that. And one of the things we've been doing here lately is we've talking to some employers. Uh, there's a real shortage of workers right now. And, you know, in Panama City, where we have a lot of service workers and sometimes they change jobs a little bit, um, you know, the employers, the, a lot of the employers understand the value of staying on that same job so you can afford to buy a house. The truth is we have a lot of service workers that could be homeowners, but they were never taught how to manage their employment to qualify. Their credit's okay, they pay their bills, but the job changes and the type of pay changes disqualify them. And maybe if they got if they get that information early on, they can plan and become homeowners and you know, build wealth like all homeowners do instead of letting all their money go to rent, which happens all too often. So we found this little niche of, you know, trying to help out employers. It also helps them to retain employees. So if you're a small business out there, we're willing to come talk to your folks. And it doesn't have to be just about mortgages. It could be about how to do budgeting, anything that will help someone that's struggling a little bit to try to be on a better path down the road, we can help. Well, we need to team up and do some of that. that that's a great Absolutely. idea. That's right it's, in line with what a, we do. It's a lot of fun, and it um, you you really see you can really see the effect it has on people over time, and it makes a huge difference in the community. A huge difference. In your years in the mortgage industry, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen people make? Generally, um, it, uh, we talked about the qualifying stuff, so let's talk about the purchasing stuff. Okay. The number one mistake I see people make is waiting till they think it's going to get better. It never does get better. I mean, it may jog slightly for a short period of time, but real estate prices are going to continue to go up. Um, you know, you can 
you you can pull any area at the beach or any any of the other towns we surface service and you will find just a straight line upward in prices. There'll be a couple of little notches down, but it's never going to get cheaper to buy a house. It's just not. Uh, I have a lot of builder friends, you know, and you can have, you know, a 200 square, I mean, a 2000 square foot house right now that's, you know, decent, you know, better construction is going to be $400,000, you know, in most of the markets that we, we service. So it's not going to get cheaper, but, it's still cheaper than apartment rent, you know? So, you know, you have to, it's like what it is priced to the alternative, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the biggest thing. And so, you know, generally we'll have someone that qualifies today. I can't tell you the number of people that get qualified for second homes, didn't pull the trigger and now it's out of reach. Mm -hmm. So if it's in reach now, that investment property or your first home or second home that's in reach now, you probably, if you want to do it, no time like the present because down the road it may not be within reach. We've all looked at the house we wish we bought 10 years ago, right, that's out of reach today. I think about a house that I, uh, I owned in 1991. I was looking at the values. It stayed in the family, uh, but... I bought it for $36,000. It's more like about 200 now. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, I know. It's it's crazy. And some of the, so I've been coming to Panama City since 1966. I met my wife in Panama City. Mm-hmm. Been married 43 years. We, have, we live down there part of the time now. So it's like home. It's been like home for the whole time. And when you go back and look at the old pictures and what was not there, what you could buy places for, and they were just out of reach then for some people, just like they may be just out of reach or just within reach now. That's not going to change. So if you, you know, you're probably better qualified today than you will be tomorrow to try to get that done uh, based on the price. And finally, uh, on a personal note, I know you love this area, just like you said, since 1966. I mean, it's just, this is an area that once you come here, you fall in love with it, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, What's one of your favorite places to go? Well, I'm an outdoors guy and a fisherman. So, you know, I love to go to St. Andrews State Park. I grew up camping there as a kid. And we still, uh, I still like that boat ramp to put in. I'm mainly a flats fisherman. But some of the other places we like to go is we fish over on the Apalachicola River and Lake Seminole and the Sandhill Ponds. You know, there's just so much outdoor thing. There's so many outdoor things to do in Panama City. You know, we get on paddle boards in the Gulf. All of ours is generally outdoors, but we still have our favorite restaurants and places we frequent and try to take in as many festivals and things as possible. Well, good. Well, I look forward to having you in studio later in the year. And, we'll uh, do it. And we're going to just have some more fun and talk more about uh, the mortgage industry and things that our listeners need to know about because this real estate market is changing every day. But the one thing that's not is the fact that prices are going to continue to rise. Uh, They are. We're going to have to continue to keep an eye on things, but you need to still go back to the basics, not wing it. It does. Anybody wants to reach us, they just go to 2020mtg.com. 2020mtg.com. You've all of our 
names and contacts and pictures are on there. You can get anything you need and get in touch with anybody with the company. Um, we have a lot of folks down there that work at the beach and you all your contact information is there. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate this time that we spent with you. And I tell you, I learned a lot and I thought I knew it. Well, thanks for the invitation. We'll do it anytime. Let's, we'll get out there and do some uh, group meetings together and uh, you'll see how much you can help them like I've seen how much we've been able to help them. Ryan Hammaker, 2020 Mortgage. We appreciate you being on Sweet Home PCB today, and we hope that you got something out of it out there. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any ideas that you'd like to hear talked about, Sweet Home PCB at kw.com is the email. Let us know. And, of course, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those other places at Sweet Home PCB. Have yourself a great time, and we hope to see you again real soon, as soon as I get my voice back. Good Lord willing next episode will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Sweet home PCB.